0: Raise a pint to the friend
1: who's sitting on your right And a pint to the friend on your left Raise a pint to the friend who bought your first round tonight And a pint
0: to the friend who's gonna buy your last Raise a pint to your host, Stephen
1: Corey And a pint to their special guest. But save one last pint to raise to yourself For listening to the rotating tap
2: Helps if it's recording. Okay, there we go. Hello, welcome to the Rotating Tap Comedy Podcast. My name is Steve Vanderplug. I'm Corey David. And we are here today in Corey's sad, sad house. Uh, Hey man,
0: we're moving. (laughs) Like I promise that things aren't in boxes all the time. We don't just live like this. Just cardboard boxes
3: for furniture. I did see the empty dog cage on the way in.
0: There is a dog. That's actually where Corey, Corey sleeps there. <laughs> we actually, I haven't seen a dog since I've gotten here. Well, we had to box him up.
2: Uh, I'm supposed to help Corey move his quote-unquote bed frame, a.k.a. the kennel, <laughs> to his new place on Tuesday. That's sad.
0: It's really comfortable, and there's a nice little dog bed that I use in there, and if I close the door and I latch it, then I'm not going to fall out. You know, it's like a yeah, bit.
2: it's a great place to gnaw on your own ankles. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we're here today with Jonathan from Westward, Hello. and Keith, who runs some beer tours in Rhino. Yeah.
0: Epic Days Travel, right? Correct.
2: Cool. Yeah. Epic Days Travel is the name of the company. Yeah, thanks
0: a lot for being on the podcast, guys. Yeah, thank sure. you.
2: We appreciate you guys being here. Uh, Corey, what do you want st- to... Oh, did you, did you tell them what we normally make them do up top?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, as comics, the first thing that people usually ask us when they find out is, "Tell us a joke." So, we're gonna put you guys on the spot right now and get the podcast started with a joke or two from you.
1: All right. Oh, uh, jeez. So, I, <laughs> so I, I got a long one and I got a short one. I'd much rather tell the short one.
2: Yeah, we we probably prefer that.
1: It's <laughs> <That's> probably <laughs> the, the, although unless unless you've heard it before, it's it's um. It's the one about the uh, the interrupting cow. I don't know if you guys know oh that, m- know that one. That <laughs> <out>. <laughs> all right, ready? Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm ready for it. All right, knock, knock. Who's there? Who's the interrupting cow. The interrupting move! cow. Moo! <laughs> so there's two of them. Oh, wait, there's, cows, a, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a follow-up. Oh, though. wait, there's a tag. Well, there's a, there's a follow-up. Uh, all right, knock, knock. Who's there? The interrupting giraffe. The
0: interrupting giraffe who?
1: Giraffes don't say anything.
0: Ah, <laughs> You got us, <this>, you slick <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, done. <laughs> that's the, that's well done. Well done, well Thank done, well done. That's much. good, that's yeah. good.
2: To be fair, I never heard that second part. My niece taught me the <laughs> yeah. first one. But all right, good. I'm yeah, glad don't,
0: second, don't second guess yourself right out of the gate.
1: I'm glad I brought something fresh.
0: <laughs> <Not> <laughs> g-
3: something unique to the table, yeah. yeah. I'm a lawyer in my other life, so uh, all I have is lawyer jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. get some of those. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Why'd God make uh, snakes before lawyers? Uh, he needed some practice. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's all I got.
2: <laughs> uh, that's pretty solid, though. I like that. <laughs>
0: One hot layer, <laughs> good. Very cool.
2: Yeah. So
0: we usually start this out. We want to have some beers while we're just hanging out at the table. But we've noticed that it's actually better if we just get the best part of the show out of the way first. Oh, and yeah, if you guys just—if you chug a beer, it'll loosen you <laughs> up, and then make for a better conversation.
2: Yeah, and then you can pace yourself for the rest of the time. We're gonna have some fun. What are, what are we chugging today? Yeah,
0: so what did you guys bring to chug? I'll grab them out of the fridge.
1: All right. Well, I brought the uh, the brand new peanut butter milk stout from uh, Left Hand.
3: Oh. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to cheat a little bit because I feel like the the milk stout will make it go down a little easier.
3: Looks I've got good. a Colorado native here. That's perfect because yes. I have a yes.
2: Corey, Corey. lives like a fucking child on Rumspringa. Uh, just he has <laughs> has plastic glasses, so I had to bring actual glasses Listen, to I his house.
0: Wildlife, you know, I can't have glass around the house. I,
3: Notice, I uh, you guys have us chugging beer and you're drinking Red Bull and coffee. Well,
2: I I'm not a morning person, mm, and we'll I will I will be right? drinking beer. <laughs> 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 However, I cannot drink the uh, left hand. Because I am deathly allergic to peanuts. Oh, oh yeah,
3: yeah. Keep it on the other side. Actually, I wish that
0: here. you wouldn't have told him that it was the <laughs> peanut butter one, so we could just watch Steve have a seizure. right It's not the a, <laughs>
2: it's not a seizure as much as a, like my throat swells up and then people can't listen to my angelic voice on this <laughs> podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I do love all the left-hand milk stout stuff. They do so many great like adjunct variation beers that. The the chai one that they do is still like one of my favorite things to enjoy on like a cold day or just when I, whenever you're looking for something a little more hearty. Nice transfer. I like that. That was good. That Thank was pretty you. great. Just <laughs> went really from like a twelve ounce rocks glass to a pint. Yeah, that's pretty I feel like it's only fair if I,
1: it's only fair if I do the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
3: I so. always tell people this on my tours, but I don't know if it's actually true that milks the left hand milk stout is probably the second most popular uh, stout in the country. Is that correct? I would say so. Yeah, they. I mean, they. After what Guinness? Yeah,
1: yeah. They kicked out so many uh, Guinness uh, tap lines over the last few years. They they debuted in twenty eleven, and it just it just took off. And it's a huge, huge beer. Well, when
0: you think about it, who else is really putting out a nitro stout? Um, with that much distribution around the country, like there really isn't anybody else in the game, and I know that the past couple of years they've been hitting it really hard with national distribution and literally gunning for Guinness lines specifically. Yep. But there's really just nothing else in that category. That
2: how big is with. how big is the how big, largely distributed as Smithwicks? They've got to be pretty nationally, don't? don't it, they? That's it's Man. one of those
0: beers that has national distribution, but it has just like a hyper regional attention span in terms of like how people actually receive it, you know? Like it's really big in the northeast where there's a predominantly like Irish population, but then after that, like it's kind of hit or miss like if you have an Irish pub somewhere that they just want to be as authentic as they can be, sure. have like Smithwick's on or Kilkenny or any of that stuff, but I'd say Left Hand definitely dominates that number 2 spot.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think Breckenridge uh, had their um, nitro vanilla porter for oh, a that's while. I, oh, I don't yeah. know how popular it is around the rest of the country. It's it's pretty popular, but I, I'm not sure that it quite holds up to the, the left hand, as far as I know.
0: No, I don't think they attacked the distribution as hard, especially when they got bought by AB and Bev. Like I'm sure they went like a totally different route in terms of what they were going to use for a flagship that they could put in basically yeah. every bar around the country. Their amber seemed to be like a big focus for them um, when they started rolling out everywhere. The good. Good old classic Colorado amber. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody yeah. makes. <laughs> everybody in the mom makes an amber S-
2: ale. The standard amber, Colorado. Yeah, yeah.
0: So tell us, uh, so here, we're going to have you do a couple different things. Anybody want to go first?
2: Actually, I just want to say real quick that amber is the color of Colorado's energy. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Moving right along, this back is to what Corey a was saying. podcast right. in addition to a craft beer and comedy <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Yeah, you could say it's a natural disaster. What's the... <laughs> 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 Does that disaster okay? Beer time, Keith.
0: You got quite a, quite a head on that one. Um, right
3: yeah, he? I did the worst pour in the world while I'm sitting here, uh, trying to get this to settle a little bit. Yeah, clearly pouring beer out of a can yeah. is not part of your brewery. Talk. No, <laughs> I do none of the pouring. <laughs> that's
0: fine. I'm sure it'll go down just as easy. So, do we have a volunteer for who would like to go first?
1: I will, uh, I'll spare you having to deal with that.
2: Well, we also have a, <laughs> we have a new rule, and I don't okay. think that's going to apply to either of you. But uh, we have a new rule that you get three seconds off your chugging time if you drink a beer that is over 8% ABV. Yeah. Oh. You could
0: call an audible right now and chug one of those breakfast lagers that we, that we tapped. This one's six. The peanut butter stout six, which is still pretty good. And I do have to commend you, because most people when they do this, they always pick like a Hellas or a Pilsner. Some kind of lager. lager. You got some balls Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's I'm impressive. That no. is impressive. Yeah. But to be fair, I mean, it's silky smooth. Probably goes down pretty easy. It's 6%. sweet. Very enjoyable. Low carbonation. Yep. I think you actually snaked in the more appropriate route here. Well, let's we'll like, see if I can even Yeah.
2: Eating peanut butter right from the can. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm the breakfast junkie, man. I wouldn't know. I have
0: no. no idea. Did you know you have to rinse out your peanut butter jars before you recycle them?
2: No, I don't know. I've know never that? had a peanut butter jar. You've never no. had
0: Oh, yeah, that's right, cuz you could die. Yeah, call yeah, back to like that's 4 that. minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I just found that out. and I'm 31 years old. It's kind of I don't know if it's <laughs> embarrassing or enlightening. Now mm. I can live the rest of my life doing right by the environment.
2: Yeah, just keep cleaning it out. Wash those
3: jars. Wash the having, jars. Save the planet. It having, only takes like 15 right, gallons of
0: water to rinse smaller. out
1: the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and,
0: and I'm sure the turtles appreciate it. There we go. Everybody's attacking everybody's the turtles. So, Jonathan, do you want to go first? Yep. Said? All right. Okay, so tell us. Uh, you're going to do two things. You're going to tell us what the beer is, just the name of it, and then chug it. Steve will time it for you. And then as soon as you're done, you have to immediately tell us about the beer. Even if you're a little gassy, a little burpy, that's fine. We encourage it. Belchability is a big factor on the chuggable beer portion, uh, and we encourage that.
1: All right. Uh, This is Left Hands Peanut Butter Milk Stout 12-ounce can. And you ready? I'm ready. Here it goes. Are you ready?
2: (laughs) Oh wow. For be a better than yeah, very
3: thought. impressive. I was very say, impressive.
0: He just rolled his eyes while he yeah. was chugging as if like, "Huh, this is the
2: best you've got?" All right. I mean, not the best time we've had, Woo, but, but still, yes, absolutely. All right, so tell <laughs> us about what you just drank.
1: All right. Well, this uh, left hand is employee-owned. Um, it's one of the few breweries that is employee-owned. And I could taste mm. all the employees. <laughs> I feel like just
3: you're really their holding sweat and perfect. tears. I just let so you know you don't have to. If you are <laughs> got a part too, you can do that as well. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> uh, no, this beer is just pure peanut butter. It is one of the most peanut wow. buttery peanut butter beers I've ever had. And I've had a lot of peanut butter beers. Sounds. How many peanut butter beers yeah. have you had? <laughs> uh, it's great. It, uh, it's terrific. Incredibly smooth. And just loaded. I would love to try it on nitro.
0: Yeah, the nitro version of all this stuff, it just adds that extra texture component that you can't get with CO2, but makes it even, it, it complements the, the flavor of the peanut butter like so well, because when you think of peanut butter, I mean, you're just usually having like, it's creamy, smooth, got that thickness to it. So when you have a nitro beer, it definitely like makes it a way better experience.
2: Yep. This is something that comes up on the podcast a lot. Uh, I do not like nitro. I don't like nitro in beer. I don't like nitro in coffee. just mm. not a fan. I would rather drink a regular stout than a nitro stout. We day. all can't be perfect. You know? Know. Yeah, we well, all can't be great people. You know what I hate more than nitro? <laughs> it's peanut butter. <laughs>
1: so, yeah.
3: so this is death in a can. Yes. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll leave one of these for you then here.
3: <laughs> nice, cool. Leave it for me. I'm happy to have it. The, right. um, I feel like peanut butter is the hot new flavor in beer right now.
0: Yeah, but it's a pain in the ass to brew with. Like, I've known people that have done it both ways where they, they use actual peanut butter, yep. which is a nightmare to clean out of tanks. And then the popular route these days is to either use like a peanut butter powder or use just like a flavoring extract. But the powder seems to be the better way to go. Does it say on the can if they use one in particular?
1: Well, um, I'm looking, looking malted barley, lactose, flaked oats, peanuts, hops, yeast.
0: So actual peanuts.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what it says. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so literally, Steve is just dancing around us while we're <laughs> yeah. While we're I'm just like, this well, I mean, this is a fun take one my for word me. For it, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Just, cool. They should come out with a chunky version. That's unfi- <laughs> that's unfiltered.
1: Nice. That would be <laughs> yeah. that would be something.
0: Yeah, it's just got some floaties at the bottom. Yeah. And you pour it into a glass. Yep.
1: Yeah. Mix a little jelly in there some wonder bread dip it in yeah
0: I I have would had that just before have a sandwich too, like a pb&j where they just add like a raspberry fla- or a strawberry flavor extract in addition to the peanut butter and the more Amazing. they make this cater to children i think the better off the beer industry's <laughs> going to be at large
1: yeah I, I agree. There'll be a. Ch- there should be a chicken nugget beer. I guess, at some <laughs> point.
2: That's yeah, that's coming. Yeah. That's dinosaur coming. dinosaur shapes. Hopefully. Yeah, dinosaur nuggets.
3: <laughs> that could be your uh, sequel book. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the chicken nugget beer. Right. Yeah. Just do like a cookbook <laughs> or the kids the bu- kids book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Kids version. All right, so Keith, tell us. Uh, so you picked Colorado native. Yes, yeah, uh, so col- a classic I Colorado do f- beer.
3: Correct. I feel like it's destiny too because there was this Colorado um, native glass just waiting to get poured into Perfect. Um, that yeah. you guys provided. So yeah, that really I got. provided, not Corey. Okay, <laughs> <So> <laughs> not me. He only <laughs> use plastic and solo cups. Yeah, the classic, expensive. the classic amber lager uh, from Colorado. Cool. So All right, here we go. <laughs> this going. could be nowhere close uh, to anything you guys have recorded. I'm sure it'll yet. be respectable. <laughs> if it's not, we'll just mock you for it. We've right. got. That's some, true. We've got some bad ones. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go.
2: Oh, yeah. He's
3: That's a great start. Trying. Yeah. He's like, just psyching himself out
2: and then, and, all oh, right. Nice. Yeah, uh, not bad. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. You'd be
0: pleasantly surprised with how terrible some people do, mm-hmm.
3: uh,
2: my co host included.
0: What was your time? Like
2: 13
3: um, something seconds? My time was 13.98. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to argue that, or, guess that i'm the uh, oldest person in this room and uh i haven't chugged a beer probably <laughs> in at least about eight years so this is when he relapses <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs> i'll be in therapy after this so tell us about the beer this is the colorado native i believe and i'm you know i, I might not know this correctly but it's still made in the uh coors brewery factory it sounds right yeah and um but i think it's a separate label um it is now yeah yeah they have a
2: bunch of different renditions of it
3: this is a beer that i always find that um after i've had a couple of strong micro brews this is one that I, i really enjoy uh just kind of settling down with later in the night it's easy drinking um just a good amber lager nice
0: yeah the uh owner of ratio was telling us that he was working at like the colorado native facility like before he started at ratio if i remember correctly like I think that's working on a lot of the stuff over there, which was just like good experience working on like a bigger brewing, um, equipment, bigger brewing system, big system. Yeah. Until you can kind of translate it to what you want to do
2: specifically. Yeah. I forget that there was a, lot, cause I remember when Colorado native came out, it was probably about nine or 10 years ago mm-hmm. that they're like, we're going to have it only in Colorado. And I feel like it's probably in other places now. I don't think so. Think yeah. The only time I really have seen it is, is when I'm here, to be honest
1: with you. Yeah, they've they've kept it Colorado only so far. I I kept sort of expecting them to 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 take it outside, but um they they brew it it's actually made by their uh, pilot um company called AC Golden and oh, it's it's okay. like a 20 barrel um pilot brewery that's in the in the middle of the, their massive factory and they they don't have a whole lot of employees there, but they they make this one. Um they they bought all the or they 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 signed contracts with almost every hop farm on the western slope uh to buy all their hops and so that they could say you know so that they could make this entirely out of colorado ingredients so it's a pretty cool and interesting beer uh, i do wonder if they're going to take it Outside the state, I think they should at some yeah. Point with a name like that, yeah, uh,
3: I feel like it would go
1: well. Yeah, I do yeah, too.
0: Colorado really has so. a lot, has enough cachet at this point that it's like you could literally slap it on a product and people would
2: find it like more intriguing. Yep. Yeah. are either yeah. you two natives to Colorado, or did you move here? None. I'm I'm a native. You're a native. Yep. Nice. We're the only two that are allowed to drink that beer. <laughs> 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 yeah. you yeah. That's you guys. have to cool. have
3: your birth certificate when yeah, you order yeah. at the bar. two yeah, natives at, yeah. at one table. Oh my gosh. Yep. It used to be like. Did Everybody's you guys ever have uh, the bumper sticker?
2: No. I had a bumper sticker that said Red Wings suck, <laughs> and it got torn off of my car. <laughs> never had the native one.
1: I did not have the native one either. I thought, I've thought i always thought about getting one, but it always seemed kind of obnoxious, so I never did. Yeah,
2: it sounds
3: obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds <laughs> it obnoxious, but now there's so many transplants, I think it's like a stamp of pride almost. Yeah. You're like one of the last remaining.
1: Yeah, I I, I could do it, but I, I prefer to go take the low. I prefer to take the low profile. Yeah. The high route, the low profile. I
0: don't want to draw any attention. Yeah. <laughs> now, how do you feel about a brand like Colorado Native being, you know, obviously being made by Miller Coors? And if you were just visiting here, you might not know that that's who makes it, right? So there's a lot of like cloak and dagger kind of stuff in the beer industry these days, where somebody brought, uh, buys a brewery like a Breckenridge and they don't advertise that it's bought. And everybody's got grandiose opinions about, like, big business and beer and supporting small and local. But, I don't know, do you find, like, brands like this deceptive? Is it cool? Like, do you guys have any thoughts on um, bigger breweries putting out, like, more craft options but not being transparent?
3: I think that, um, yeah, there's some transparency that I think is lacking a little bit. I know that the um, – what is it? The Great American Beer Festival, I think, is limiting – uh, the who can, who can be displayed as a craft brewer yeah. um, right now, and you know obviously you guys I'm sure know this. Inbev and all those others that have bought a lot of um, independent breweries um, aren't allowed to really show up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that you know maybe having the independent label a little bit more prominently displayed on some of the packaging would be uh, helpful. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: I'm just separating everybody. The thing is with the bigger beer like having. Uh, pulse on what's going on with Craft. Like they just, the thing that it bothers me is that they can buy up so much space. You know, when you go to the mountains these days and you go to any of the ski resorts, Ten Barrel is everywhere because mm-hmm. they have AB money with a Craft appearance, and then they can just pay to get into all those places. But then the other part of me too is like, we're so far down the rabbit hole with a lot of this stuff that we know things that other people don't and other people just don't give a shit. You know, they're just like I don't care really who makes it. Like I just want a good beer and be able to carry on with my day. And at a certain point you're like, all right, well wh- why am I worried about it? What does
1: it matter to me? Yeah, I mean there's always, you know, there's always there's a million different opinions on on that whole that whole subject um, you know, for me part of the thing that made that makes craft beer special is is the independent companies that um that started the sort of craft beer movement, and although people always make fun of me when I say movement or, or revolution. <laughs> but, but um, you know, there was a certain certain independence to that and a certain community that went along with that that was maybe different than other kinds of businesses. Sometimes people say, well, you don't buy small batch cell phones, you don't get small batch toothpaste or uh, small batch soda, so why do you care about the beer? And I guess the answer is because um, because I can, because there are that many small businesses that, that, that make craft beer, because of the kind of attitude and the sort of fun independent attitude that came up with that industry yeah. that I, I like to stick with it. I know, you know, since I write about it, I know all these guys, I would prefer to support them. I don't ha- you know, I have nothing against, um, Coors necessarily. Um, but I would, you know, I, I have batch, I drink batch 19. Sometimes I have a Colorado native or, or, uh, or an ACTV or something, but, um, I, uh, but I prefer to, you know, I prefer to get the the smaller beers. So there, there definitely is. They do hide the fact that that they are big companies. Like at Coors Field, there's they own a brewery called Hop Valley. They have a big stand there for Hop Valley. You wouldn't know that that was a that that was owned by Coors. Yeah. It Looks like a craft brewery at Mile High Stadium. AB Inbev has Goose Island. They have Ten Barrel. Right. They've got Breckenridge. They've got them all lined up. So you think you have uh, all these different choices of of craft beer. Uh, and in reality, they're all just, you know, they're all Budweiser brand, or um, AB Bev brands. Yeah, you know?
0: that's the thing that bothers me the most is it's not like I don't care if you make uh, if you make small batch or craft beers or if you buy a company for the sake of growing your business. But I just I hate the lack of transparency and the fact that you're actively trying to dupe people for the sake of profitability is the part that it like, kind of weirds me out about the whole thing but I know great people that work for the big breweries. Mm -hmm. I know shitty people that work for big breweries and vice versa with craft. With craft beer, I think a big part Mm -hmm. of it is the fact that it's an art, right? Like Because there are subtle nuances, even between Amber Ales and IPAs, somebody can actually put their own spin on it that you experience with all of your senses. And because of that, People are just drawn to it. They put a stamp of approval on it. It becomes part of their identity. So I think that's why people get so emboldened by um, picking a side between like certain breweries, whether it's craft, whether it's macro, or anything.
3: I just think that you know, what was it two years ago when that Super Bowl commercial came out and they they said that you know craft brewery was a joke. And then now. Oh, yeah, yeah I, exactly. I remember that one. Yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, whatever. InBev is buying all these, you know, brews totally. like Breckenridge and um, uh, yeah. stuff out of San Diego.
2: They're like, we've had the perfect recipe the entire <laughs> time. What is all this? Well, the and one, one, I, it's I, like,
0: one of the more comical things was when they bought, when AB InBev bought a lesion like the week before the Super Bowl. And then in their commercial, they had actually. Uh, said we don't make things like a peach pumpkin ale because that's mm-hmm. stupid and, and silly. Sissy. But yeah. then the guy that created the peach pumpkin ale was my friend Steve Luke, who is the head was the head brewer at Legion. So it's just like a double slap in the face.
2: Sounds like a fake name, <laughs> yeah. Steve hey, Luke. Before
0: we go too far into the episode without giving these guys a proper yeah, intro, because uh, we kind of changed up the order, so we just wanted to make sure these guys had a beer in front of them right early. Do you want to know the times? We want to know the times. But then we also want to know about a bit about them. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Type five. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, neither of you were able to crack the top ten of the leaderboard. Oh, God. I um, totally tried. Yeah. Keith, you, efforts, you came in. You're sitting twelfth.
3: I'm like, it though, I want to go age bracket. Like, I feel like in you're my in the age senior bracket, division right, sure. exactly. In my age bracket, I feel like I'm probably... How old are you? Uh, well, I'm 42, so... You're not the oldest person. (laughs) 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 Wrong again. Uh, So then I was definitely not tops in my age bracket. Uh,
2: Yeah, Keith, you came in at 8.13 seconds, which is pretty good. Uh, Jonathan, you are not only in the older age bracket, (laughs) but you chose a stout, and you came in at 9.02 seconds. Very commendable. I will take that. I'll take
0: it. Honestly, under ten, I think that's pretty good. I think so.
1: Absolutely yeah. incredible.
0: Especially yeah. if you haven't chugged a beer in a while. That's something to be proud of.
1: Yeah, I haven't I don't remember the last beer I chugged to be honest. <laughs> well now you'll
0: remember it was a yeah. peanut butter yeah. milk I will, Or yeah. you'll forget, you know. <laughs> the <Another> two. <laughs> Probably the best thing. To do. Yeah, that's, what, the mo- that's what that's
3: what mostly happens nowadays is I forget.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we like to do a thing on the show called type five. Uh, as comedians we're expected to do sometimes our best material in less than five minutes. Uh, so what we essentially just want to know about you guys is um, you know, how you're uh, involved with the beer industry, a little bit of your background in the beer business, and, and what you do now. And, and, and uh, yeah, that's kind of just the general gist of it.
3: Great. Do you want to go first?
1: Sure. Um, yep. I uh, am born and raised in Denver. I started uh, homebrewing when I was 17 uh, because a friend of mine lived down the street from a homebrew shop. And he was not old enough to drink. I was because you could drink 3.2 beer when I uh, was, was growing up, if you were 18, but they changed the law and I was grandfathered in and my friend Patrick was not. So we started homebrewing and uh, it was awesome and we homebrewed for a number of years. Uh, I later on went on to journalism school and uh, I've been a writer and, uh, and uh, editor and columnist for the past 25 years or so. Most recently, I was uh, the managing editor at Westward um, where I worked for about 10 years. And when I got there in 2007, there was really no one around writing about beer. There were, there were two bloggers, uh, one in Fort Collins and one in Colorado Springs and the post and the, and the, uh, Rocky mountain news. Um, may rest in peace? R- R- B, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Props. Uh, yeah. They had, uh, some beer writers, Dick crack uh, was, they called him Mr. Beer at the, at the Denver post. He would write about beer sometimes. Um, and so I started uh, blogging, in, addition to, uh, in t- addition to my editing, about craft beer and the craft brewers that were around. And it was a really good time to start doing that because starting in around 2010, this scene just absolutely exploded uh, with um, Strange Craft being the first taproom-only brewery in Denver that didn't package and didn't have food. And uh, when they opened, there were, I forget, eight, nine, or ten breweries in the city of Denver There are now close to 80, depending on how you count. So it has been uh, uh, an unbelievable blast to cover that industry. Uh, for the past twelve years, you um, even
0: wrote a book about it, didn't you?
1: Yep. And so I, uh, nice plug, uh, yep. nice plug. <laughs> yeah. Thank well you very on. much. Well he's up. got a big thank smile <laughs> on his that face I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: just sneak that in there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yep, really cool the book. That you've been able to document that, and then also uh, putting out a book is just it's a, a feat in the, in and of itself. You know, between actually putting pen to paper and then getting it published and get the distribution for it. So congratulations, man. That's huge.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's been, it was a really fun process. It was supposed to take me. Six months it, instead, it took me two years, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I it is out, um, and it is called Denver Beer A History of Mile High Brewing, and it covers beer and brewing going all the way back to, to Denver's founding in 1858 and the first brewery in 1859, uh, all the way through that history, through prohibition, after prohibition, the consolidation of all the breweries, and then the beginnings of the the craft beer movement again. I'll use that word um, in the uh, in the late '70s, and then about two thirds of the book I'd say are about craft beer and the breweries that have uh, that have opened, and the different milestones that have taken place since 1979, when Boulder Beer opened. Um, and the beer and the book goes right up through uh, as recent as I could do it. There, things changed so fast in the industry. I was sending in last minute corrections um at the last minute
2: just like editing editing stuff yeah uh, once yeah yep. yeah yeah
1: so uh
3: yeah that, that's, that's so cool. interesting because i feel like from from my perspective when i talk about beer is the the time around prohibition and what the different breweries chose to do uh whether they chose to actually sell beer illegally or they cha- they changed to like malt soda or anything like that was was fascinating and then there was like this kind of Things kind of stayed the same up until like the '60s and '70s, and then the craft beer movement kind of started.
1: Yeah, I mean, most of them went out of business. Uh, yeah. with Prohibition, which which actually started in Colorado in 1916, um, four years before it did nationally. And when it when it was over, when Prohibition was over, there were only a few breweries left, or only a few that were able to that had made it through by making malted milk mm-hmm. or soda. Or ceramics, which is what Coors did. You still or had to have products. the systems
0: yeah. of the capacity to do that too. Right. You know, not everybody had like you could not everybody could make it in those things on a scale that was going to be profitable either. Or have the distribution points, delivery, all that stuff.
3: I'm from the Midwest, um, from you know near St. Louis. In St. Louis, there there was a brewery called Lemp, which was huge. It was bigger than Anheuser Busch, and they were you know they dominated the market until Prohibition. Then they chose to you know kind of just switched to sell like malt, uh, malt milk and, um, malted soda and, you know, Anheuser Bush, I think, you know, decided to keep selling beer, uh, <laughs> illegally and Lemp went out of business. Several people in the family ended up like, uh, it was kind of tragic, committed suicide and Whoa. everything. Yeah. But Lemp had these, this all these really caves <laughs> underneath the brewery. <laughs> yeah. Lemp had all these caves underneath the brewery that they'd, uh, um, you know ferment all their lagers in which was amazing yeah um and then uh anheuser just bush just took off after that
0: i'm just gonna call beer malted milk from now on (laughs) yeah there you go yep good for you good for your kids yeah yeah so uh tell it before we move on to keith to give it get his type five uh we do want to fill our glasses and have something to drink so can you tell us a little bit about the john can you tell us a little bit about the guest beer that you brought uh, Cause I haven't had anything from Westbound and Down before, but I've been looking forward to it, and uh, thank you for bringing it.
1: Sure, yeah, uh, Westbound and Down in Idaho Springs is is a is a great brewery, and um, they are opening a they're going to open a second place up in Lafayette uh, next year, probably in in 2021. But they were big winners at the Great American Beer Festival uh, this last year, and uh, they won either two or three, I think two medals, and they also won. One of the uh, overall awards, I think Small small Brewery of the Year.
0: Yeah, I think that one on the can, it even says that they won a silver 2019
1: oh. for that beer. Yes, it does. Woo! Well, that's I what mean, I get yep. for looking at. It. Yeah, yeah, woo! So Corey this, can uh, read. I know picture's yeah. good.
3: <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but I heard that they have a um, like a couple of female brewers up there as well
1: at westbound yeah they they may I don't there I know mm-hmm. there's a um, there's a there's a ton of uh, uh, of women brewers now that's around great. um I don't know I don't know if westbound has has any or not but there are a bunch mm-hmm. um there are a bunch now but um this double IPA is really good like like I said it won the silver this is the first canning run for it uh they just they just started canning so um how long have they been in business uh Westbound? I want to say they opened about four years ago. Okay. Um, in Idaho Springs, um, attached to the,
3: was oh, it
2: the
1: Buffalo restaurant up there? Yeah. Okay. Oh was,
3: yeah, 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 okay. I was just there about four months ago, and they make amazing beer. I I always try to promote Westbound when I'm when possible. So I'm glad you brought this, and I love Doubles. Obviously, yeah.
0: big Kenny Powers fans. That's wow. always good. Yeah. how do you not? I, the fact that they haven't gotten a cease and desist for that is insane <laughs> to me.
1: There's a I can't believe how many breweries have not gotten cease and desists for. Danny McBride seems like a chill dude, though. He does he, seem like a pretty chill dude, but shit. I'm
0: sure like, it's never the person. It's always like the lawyers involved. They're like, HBO. you gotta, you got to like, oh, stop Those lawyers, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure HBO. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah snakes. snakes. <laughs> you snake, son of a bitch. Uh,
3: I feel that I've always tell folks on my tours that um, naming beers has to be one of the hardest jobs in the U.S. now because there are so many oh, yeah. names for beers. So yeah, trying yeah. to find a, a good name for a beer. Um, or a beer company is like got to be a challenge. Right?
2: I mean, I in terms of like writing, I don't know. I I feel like it's just another creative aspect where like, as writers, you kind of just create something that like. There's always a new angle on something that's been done, right? Like, you could always do like Southbound and Down, and that might cause something too. But I feel like there's always multiple angles for each thing, so maybe it's a simple little tweak.
0: As soon as you get copyright laws involved, it's game over. (laughs) Because if you, I mean, for you, writing a joke, if somebody's, like, doing something very similar to what you're doing, you can just, like, punch them in the gut. No, if anybody
2: does any jokes about Pat Sajak, I lose my fucking mind. (laughs) I get so mad. (laughs)
0: That's my thing. Those are yours. So I mean, so why did is there any reason in particular the that you brought the westbound and down other than the fact that it's delicious um, and it's great? But was there something did you just go there recently and have an experience? Did you just pick something up like from a friend or the store?
1: I was just super excited because I saw it at Argonaut when I was <laughs> on the way over here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Gotta well, get something. Yeah, I've uh, only had there. So I, I've only had it once, and it was at the Big Beers Festival back in in January. Um, and since it won the silver medal, I, I you know been wanting to. I was hoping that I'd be able to find a, a four pack of it somewhere in town because I know they're doing a little bit of distribution. So oh, when I great. when I saw it there I was I was really excited. There I mean they are clearly one of the breweries that is on you know on the rise in, in Colorado. Yeah. And um, well, so it that's, says that's, that's it from
3: the alive. on the can, from Colorado to the world. Whoa! Yep. Prestige worldwide. Meta.
2: Suck on that, Colorado <laughs> native.
3: <laughs>
0: it's also nice that there's a good brewery in Idaho Springs. I don't want to speak ill of Tommy Knocker. Well, that was it's hey, not, it's that, nothing to be excited about. That was something
2: way. I was intrigued by because Tommy Knocker really fucking ran that town for a while.
3: Tommy Knocker, uh, the Honey Brown was my beer to go go to when I first moved to Colorado. When I was seventeen. <laughs> yeah. I was sneaking beers from dad's fridge when I yep. like the sweet stuff. Was the, that was the game yeah I mean those guys are, are
1: an institution up there and yeah. uh, you know they make they make great solid beers but they haven't they haven't really you know moved into the 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 realm that everybody else is in now. that's because no they're focused on their setting. sodas they make <laughs> good sodas they make root beer uh, but yeah that was everybody's I mean Tommyknocker knocker was around when, even way back when I was you know back in the 1700s when I was a, when I was a, <laughs> a, a youth yeah uh, and they were they were one of the first crap breweries that I tried.
3: Well, this beer is
2: really good. Yeah, it's it doesn't. Nice. Yeah, it doesn't taste like a double, really. It's hard like, to. Go,
3: well, in my opinion, it's hard to go wrong with a double. You just know what it's going to hit you, and then yeah. it hit you. Well,
2: it's also nice to just have like a dry, like
0: biting IPA. You know, something that's very West Coast, and just the bitterness is uh, apparent. You know, and it's it's there in like a good portion. Um, yeah, just like a classic IPA. It's nice to have. Yep. So Keith, give us your type five. Tell us a little bit about you. Cause I stumbled upon you in a very, just strange, strange. Yeah. I wonder how
3: you guys found Not me. like a
0: back alley kind of way. <laughs> but so I was, I, I wanted to have a beer tour guide on the show because I know that there, that's a very popular industry here in Colorado with beer tourism and people yeah. showing them around town. And I just went to Airbnb experience and that led me to you.
3: Yeah, I was. Uh, I am a Airbnb um, guide. It's interesting what um, the clientele I have is mostly folks from outside of Colorado that yeah. are coming in uh, and wanting to have, like you said earlier, that Colorado experience. I think of uh, having a beer tour. So most of the people that I actually deal with are tourists um, to Colorado, which I think is interesting because they don't necessarily know a ton about beer. And so it's kind of doing some minimal education on um, kind of the beer scene and and what's, um, you know, what are good places to try while they're here. They're looking
0: uh, for like an overall like beer experience that's not necessarily specific to Denver or Colorado, but they just want yeah. to know more about beer in general.
3: Correct. And I, I think I just kind of, you know, I assumed when people came, because most Colorado people that I know are into, you know, hoppier things like IPAs and, and whatnot. And that, I had to kind of change my mind frame on that yeah. pretty quickly um, when I was getting folks from you know non necessarily craft beer drinking places um, that were a little bit um, floored by how hoppy some of our our beers were. So, um, of of people looking for ASBs. yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Just I had give to me really a good amber, right, right, right. Oatmeal's so um, yeah, so I had to kind of modify my my IPA tour into a uh, kind of a you know a more you know, gentle tour, uh, when I started. So I'm actually, <laughs> like I said, earlier, very soft hands, <laughs> right? Like I said <laughs> earlier, experience. I'm a, a, attorney by trade. Um, and I went on a, um, went on a trip with my uh, family and wife and her family, uh, and did a Airbnb experience in, um, in Spain a few years ago and just was like floored by how fun it was and said, I could do this in Denver. And so it gets me away from the computer uh, and I thought you were uh, going to say your wife My wife It's just like yeah. I know where this is going She's going to listen to this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, She uh, signs right. up for the tours yeah, yeah, actually yeah, totally. yeah she's uh, like, she, uh, This was her idea <laughs> so yeah, She's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, go yeah. <laughs> Just go okay. Uh, whatever you do just go yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started hosting tours about a year and a half ago, and it's been awesome. I hang out with people that are new to Denver all the time, so I can tell the same basic facts. And people are just floored with how amazing this town is and um, all the beer that's happening here. So, How
2: often do you get kids on your tours?
3: You know, I've had a couple, and those are a little challenging because when we go to breweries, all they really have is kombucha. So, um, I, you know, I basically say kind of have sodas or something um, that you bring along.
2: This is, I honestly, I want to bring this up now because it comes up from time to time, kind of very casually. And we always brush over it. Uh, because when we interview the brewers, they still want business. They might not love kids in their brewery, Mm -hmm. but they still want business. So let's just dive in. What's, wh- how do you guys feel about kids in breweries?
0: First of all, how terrible of a parent do you have to be to drag your kid on like a six-stop brewery tour? I mean, I get bringing them to one brewery and hanging out for a little bit, because they've got adult Jenga and Connect Four. And yeah. they adult Jenga,
2: not kid Jenga. <laughs>
0: it's fine. But it's yeah, I mean, Jenga sets that are so tall that they would actually crush the child. But to take them on six stops over the course yeah. of an entire day is a little overkill. They,
3: they, uh, they definitely the kids get a little uh, bored after a while when they're not drinking and. and <laughs> but if they're drinking, they're having a great yeah. time. As long as they're
0: sneaking some hooch <laughs> on the side, they're having a fun time. Now,
3: what I've definitely had on my tours is uh, is uh, folks with fake IDs. Which has oh no been- way yes. uh, so it's always fun to walk up to a bartender with the IDs of everybody on my tour and have them go oh this one's fake and then have to go back to somebody who's paid uh, money for a tour and say hey sorry you can't get any beer on this tour yeah I-, I can't even you believe still that they hang out we're cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean how, who does that like yeah. how, do you, how, how old are most of your how old are most of the folks
3: I'd say they're, they're mostly like I would if I had to kind of you know set an age range, I would say they're probably, you know, about 20, 23 or 24 to about, um, 40, 18, okay. yeah, exactly. really yeah, 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 apparently they are <laughs> yeah, got yeah, that, yeah, they're, they're got 18, that. 18 yeah. to 23, that's to actually is part of his yeah. pitch, he's like, hey, right. listen, hey, I know hey, getting into boys. I know <laughs> how to get you in, so, and then I have to tell wow. them, hey, sorry, I'm going to, don't <laughs> want to lose my life, this is a library card for Duluth, yeah. Minnesota, yeah, this isn't going to work.
2: Oh man, that's pretty wild. I would like what how ballsy is that to think that like maybe that's I guess I get like
3: it's not just trying to sneak one beer, it's trying to like get beers for free or from four different breweries. Right. Yeah, they're they're trying very, to yeah. guzzle them. <laughs> but I mean,
2: you pay extra money yeah. to get the fake ID, you pay money to get into the beer tour. Like what Rich ass kids. It's like be more creative.
0: When you're 18, you're lawless. They think they are being creative. That's I true. had to find this man on Airbnb <laughs> experience. You know what I mean? He's not like putting out ad. Well, do you have an ad on Craigslist? Because that could be no, shady. No. Okay. So <laughs> it's usually I feel like they're probably already taking you know, a pretty creative route. Like they're it's not just usually a couple a
3: where there's like one that's a little embarrassed. They're not 21 uh, yet. The other The other 16. Right, I get it. Exactly.
2: Yeah, that just like, I guess just I don't like know. Thailand. But if that, like, still just fucking have your dude go buy you a six pack and stay home. Yeah. Because you can get yeah. drunk that way.
3: Yeah, well, and you can try a lot of different beers that way, too. Right. Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> don't, do, why? On my tour. Just wait until you're old enough to go on the tour. Just.
0: Jonathan, do you bring, uh, do you ever bring your kids to breweries?
1: Oh God! So I—that I, sounds like a guilty <laughs> man. <It sounds> like <laughs> I'm well, the guy. I, ra- I do beer I mean, tours with my kids. So. I, I rarely get into the subject because the passions are incited so enormously about dogs and kids and, and breweries. Very Democrat yeah. Republican. I mean, right. oh, it's beyond I mean, it's even worse. I think, than <laughs> like, uh, and it's 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 nuts. But you know, I think. Can I swear on your show? Oh fuck yeah! Fuck <laughs> yeah! <it. laughs> I mean, people people are people are either assholes. Or they're not, and truth. If you, and if you if you are an asshole, then then the way you h- handle your kids and your dogs is going to mirror that. And if you are not, then it's not. You know, if you're an asshole, you change your kids' diaper on the table. I feel like you I'm listening know. to a Buddhist monk. Well, you, I mean, <laughs> Sorry, <Seth. laughs> you bring your dog, you do bring your biter dog, right? Who's bitten someone in the past, but you just want to hang out with them because you can't leave them at home. Yeah. If you're not same with your kid, bit somebody on the past. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, if he's a biter. Yeah, if they're a biter, don't you know? If they're if they're not a biter, either baby or, or uh, you know, kid or dog, then then you're fine. If you want to change your diaper, take them out to the car, uh, and be aware of that. Don't be like, well, it was snowing. Like you knew it was snowing before you were going out, and also if your dog hates other dogs. Then maybe that's it's a good idea to not bring them because there's going to be other dogs. There. Have a so little awareness. It's just it's just that that I mean that's that's what it is. You're either a jerk or you're not, and and uh, you got to if you bring your kids, you got to monitor them. And yeah, I mean I brought my kids. I brought I brought you know I I wanted to go out and have pizza and beer and do all that stuff when my kids were young, and and I I brought them with me, and and uh, if my kids started throwing pepperonis across the then that was it. You know you're out. You um, should have joined him That sounds fun It like is, that is, it like is like fun a Food fight yeah. yeah I did throw one, <laughs> did throw one. <laughs> What is throwing pepperoni you
0: know <laughs> Not, not a fun like. sentence Right yeah. Yeah. So I was at uh, this bar throwing yeah. some pepperoni That sounds yeah. like a euphemism <laughs> When you say it that way
2: <laughs> Slinging some peps
1: uh, um, But yeah it's mean, it's mean also To bring your kids If they're bored as hell And, and you know I mean it's it, you cruel. know, If they're good yeah. for right. If they're good for one beer They have a coloring book and your your iPad and whatever, and they can handle a beer, then stay for a beer. And then if they melt down, you're out. That's yeah. that's, that's. I
2: society. also wonder like how much, because I don't have kids, so I wonder like how much like their age has an effect on. Like if they're a newborn, yeah, that's fine. Like
1: and not
0: a lot of decision making going on there. <laughs> I get it.
2: But like if they're, I mean, so one thing is one of my good friends. We went to a uh, new terrain up in Golden, and we were there midday on like a Wednesday. And these three like preteen kids came in, no parents, no adult supervision. And they all ordered kombucha inside of the table. And then right behind them on the wall is a sign that says no unsupervised children. (laughs) And so we took a picture of these three kids at the, at the brewery by themselves in front of that sign. And my friend posted it in the Colorado let's talk craft beer group and was accosted for it. Like people were so offended that he posted that picture and it's like, Listen, the, the kids were clearly unsupervised. Like, they're old enough to go order kombucha, but they don't need to go to a brewery to do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, uh, I, it's so many people are... I feel s-
3: like New Terrain is a scene. I can't go to New Terrain without it being crazy packed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah the, the fact that they would show up there and think... we can just order some kombucha and sit by ourselves yeah yeah it's that golden
0: vibe though where people (laughs) are like i want to be healthy i just rode my mountain bike here i'm gonna have some booch and i'm gonna have a beer my kids are here you're just gonna have to deal with it and i'm gonna get a crepe outside (laughs) Just gonna hit the food truck. It's a totally golden day. So, Keith, tell us about the beer that you brought that you wanted to share with us.
3: Um, so, I I brought a Four Noses IPA, which I, I like the IPA, but I'm actually just a huge fan of Four Noses, and I they can't, make really good beer. I can't understand how a brewery that's only been around for five years makes such good beer. Um, across the board, in my opinion.
0: I mean, if you were starting out from a good spot, then you're set up for success, really. <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of why they decided to open. It. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, and I'd love some more insight on this, but uh, like their milkshake, uh, their milkshake, uh, velvet milkshake uh, beers, and their um, hoppy lagers, I think are great. And I think. It's, this is an awesome beer. It's really cool. Yeah, in my opinion, it's, I, can't, I don't understand how they can make such good beer for being so young, young as they are. So, I'd love some more insight. Or maybe you disagree. No, I don't. I and maybe I wish you should I should hire Jonathan for your tours. <laughs> <laughs> De- I should <laughs> definitely. Yeah, or you it's can just some plan good, me. You could plan exactly. Me I'm just, I just or I will just record, record. you. Yeah, do an audio recording. You know yeah. what I'll do is I'll do some book readings. Yeah, there, yeah, there. <laughs> it is. Some, oh, from Jonathan, sell the books on the tour. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah.
2: glad we could bring you guys that's together.
0: Good, right? <laughs> yeah, so I don't really know as much about Four Noses, but this beer in particular is let's see. This so about damn time IPA. Like I said, really clean crisp it's unfiltered uh, no sorry it is filtered blah 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 it's like well it's like got a slight haze to it but not it doesn't seem like hazy by design kind of thing um, but yeah just got that crisp uh, bitter flavor and really great I dig it I don't know Jonathan did you want to add some stuff about Four Notices
1: they're uh, they're one of the best breweries I, I think in the, in the state right now and, and I wish I knew how a brewery that young does yeah. it but I don't I, I don't I mean I think I always just think of it like you mentioned earlier being an artist um, you know, so, some, some of us are funny, me, and <laughs> some of us aren't, Corey. That's me. <laughs> That's my
3: job. I uh, always usually say that, you know, I typically think a craft brewery makes one or two good beers and the rest are kind of filling out the menu, but everything sure. I drink from Four Noses, it just seems to be such high quality that I can't really understand it.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it comes down to, I guess, you know, I, I think Tommy, the owner, um, Maybe was the first brewer, and I think he just had. Yeah, it's it's like you said. I mean, it's Monet versus you know who was that guy who painted with the squirrels painted by numbers on TV. with the the big hair or whatever, and he's great. How dare you? How dare you? Get out of my house! Sorry. 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 He (laughs) was kind of amazing the way he can you know mash those. That afro. Yeah, 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 exactly. Something
0: something to be commended for. Yeah,
2: I get what you're saying though, like taping a banana to the wall type thing. Totally. (laughs) So
0: who would you guys, if you, I'll ask the best and the worst, if you will, who do you think are doing the best things in Colorado right now? You can pick two. And then what, you don't have to name any like brewery specifically, but what are two? Declaration. Yeah. we (laughs) We don't need a hard stamp, but like what's a style that you just fucking hate? Like that you just really don't love?
1: For me, I I don't like salty beer, so I I am not a good I'm not a big fan of of gozes. Yeah, uh, which are the tart wheat beers with the salt. Yeah. I know people love them, and I I have nothing ag- against them, and I have nothing against the people who love them. If you do, <laughs> you can tell us now. No, nope. like, uh, you can no. <laughs> you can make a statement. Nope, uh, they're they're awesome. Those people, and uh, and the beers I'm sure are great too. I just there's something about salty beers that that um especially the tart the tart salty beers that does not. Uh, agree with me. Yeah,
0: yeah, I get that. Yeah, so who do you really love in Colorado right now? I mean, I know you said Four Noses is one of the best in the state, but can you name like one or two other places that you're like, these guys are on fire, maybe somebody that we might not know of as well or expect? I know because like Weldworks gets a lot of accolades, um, Beer has got a lot of great things going for them, but is there anybody in particular as like somebody that's integrated into the, the writing scene?
1: Um, I mean... You know, we talked about westbound and down. I really think that they're going to explode. Yeah. Uh, Four Noses is amazing. New Image, uh, which, you know, is the other big that we've else. got here. I think yeah. those guys took a huge step forward in the last year. Uh, they are they are amazing. Um,
3: I actually really like Telluride Brewing Company. I think they yeah. have a lot of for, – for being kind of pretty remote out in the southwest corner of the state, they have a lot – like everything they do is pretty high quality in my opinion anyway.
1: Yeah, what's, uh, did you try their um the new their like hop um their hop oil beers that they came out with?
3: I haven't tried one of those, but I do like the fish water, yeah, which fish is their double. Yeah, yeah, which is their double. Which I just is kinda... I just had
2: one of their they one, one of their newer uh, coffee stouts. Mm-hmm. That's very very good. Yeah, uh, I really like that one. Yeah, Telluride's got some good beers for yeah. sure.
0: When you live in the middle of the mountains, you got nothing but time to experiment. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about the hop oil beers? Did you like specifically? Because I love. It seems like. The hop oil. Anytime you're using hop oil or lupulin dust, you can just add such a concentrated form of whatever flavor or aroma or bitterness you're trying to impart without necessarily adding a lot of body, which makes things like way more flavorful but not necessarily more filling.
1: Yeah. So the these the, I've only tried they they did three of them and I tried I've tried two of them and to be honest I thought they had kind of over they had oh they overdid it slightly. Um, I I love Telluride and I and I love their beers. Um, but these these two were were almost overpowering. Um, they smelled amazing, but the the flavor was a little bit overpowering. So I think maybe maybe they di- dial it back just a little bit. But it is really strong these oils. Um, the amount of hot flavor and aroma that you can put in to beers with so much less less product is, is, is pretty intense.
0: Yeah, I remember when – so I used to work for Sierra, and th- when they came out with Hop Hunter, the idea behind the beer was they wanted to be able to replicate a fresh harvest uh, flavor profile like all year round, which is why they started using hop oil in the beer. It didn't necessarily work out the, the way that they wanted to. The beer didn't take off even though it was great. And then you still wound up getting some like – kind of cheesy fungus kind of aromas and flavors off of it after it aged to a certain point. But the idea of being able to basically have like a vat of oil that you could keep like at the brewery, yeah. that's just like fresh hop flavor <laughs> was definitely intriguing and I'm sure that the industry will continue to grow and it'll be more stable like in the future.
1: Yeah, it is. The, those oils are really, I think they're going to be a huge part of, of beer's future um, once they are able to come up with, you know, best practices or standard ways of of adding them and, and that kinda of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean it'll probably create some consistency in the in the farming industry because you don't have to worry as much about like the yield on a particular season where you can just like concentrate the oils or the powders and then put it into like a vessel that you can then sell to other people as opposed to having to be dependent on the flour is uh specifically mm-hmm. like whenever you're harvesting.
1: Yeah. Yep. yep.
3: I would say that, um, you know, what I've kind of seen on my tours, and I've probably given over, I've probably done about a thousand people or so on my tours, is that um, females, I feel like, are very drawn towards the Sours, which I personally don't like, but I always say... like, that's kind of a go-to because of the fruity flavors. Goza uh, as well. Berliner Weiss mm. or any yeah.
0: any uh, like kind of lacto-sour like that is it mimics red wine. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. not red wine. Uh, white wine and rosé and things yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Where it doesn't taste like how you would characteristically describe a beer. It actually compares more to, like, a grape type of flavor. So yeah. it makes it more approachable for people. Even though when you think... Sour beer, you're like, oh, that. There's no way a non-beer drinker would like that. It's like, well, depending on like if it's the right kettle sour, and you got a fruit additions to it, it's even more approachable.
3: I would say personally that I, um, as much as I want to like them, and I because I feel like it would be cool to like them, I can't get into Scotch. Like Scotch Blacks and and whatnot, uh, beers. I just, as much as I try. Is it
2: it the scotch? Like the flavor? It's just
3: a hard beer. Don't lawyers Uh. love scotch? (laughs) There you go. I can do the scotch, the single malt, but that's fine. But the beer is just not. Because if I was picking up one thing from you, it's that you're very (laughs) cool. Uh, So this is kind of a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So scotch ales aren't your thing. Scotch ales can't do them. So
0: you love Four Noses. Is there any other brewery that, like, what's a favorite stop on your. On your tours so I do do I do
3: tours down in the Rhino district in Denver and so um we always end at Odell and I can't I can't say any bad things about Odell um I just you know it's obviously it's one of the last employee owned breweries which I think is amazing and um they've all got a business card I think that says uh co-owner um which is pretty awesome and everything that they make I think is just really high quality I think it does well
2: it's really cool too that they have some uh, brewery specific beers too. That Rhino Tap yeah, House, yeah, exactly. Whereas like they're based out of Fort Collins, but they still make beers in Denver for Denver. And specifically. most of the
3: people that are bartending, um, a lot of times you can um, sample some of their batches uh, that are up on the list there. Yeah. Um, I know one guy, um, Derek did a. Uh, he actually did a. Um, it was a red carpet, uh, velvet IPA. Uh, oh, for the Oscars. I, I had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I actually yeah. got a, uh, a crowler of that and brought it home. It was awesome. Nice. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Way <laughs> to bring that. Yeah. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, man. And, Tell me about right. all the Christmas presents he thought about getting <laughs> yeah. me, Dad. Bonus.
0: Yeah, totally. They
2: have uh, stand up comedy shows there they at do. the Old oh, Dallas yeah. Tap House. My buddy
0: Sammy Anzer runs a great show there.
2: Yeah. Pretty cool.
0: Once a month, I believe. Yep. You can look it up online.
2: It's no rotating yeah. tap, but it's still pretty
0: good. So right. one thing that I thought was really interesting when I went to the Odell tap room in Rhino was the fact that they didn't even have Odell IPA on tap, which is one of my favorite IPAs because I'm more of a classic West Coast yeah. guy. And they had, like, five different hazy IPAs on. And I I just asked, you know, the bar manager about it. And he just basically said, well, we just brew what people want down here. And everybody wants hazy stuff. So if we have the flexibility to brew something small on a pilot system, then we're just going to make what people want. And it's all hazy stuff right now.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, I actually served Odell IPA at my wedding. Um, my wife and I have been a big fan of it for years. I think it's just, a, like, it's one of the best IPAs, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you should
2: have been dancing there. instead of serving, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, okay.
3: beer you, at your own wedding? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind
0: of a raw deal. Yeah. So, I mean, Jonathan, as somebody that's been an integral part of the beer scene here for so long and seeing the evolution of, like, new breweries coming by, uh, new styles and whatnot, like, tell us a little bit about, like, your book and like why you wrote it because ultimately like I think it's important for somebody like you to be a historian of the beer culture here um, yeah it's really exciting that you came out with something
1: yeah I mean one of the you know one of the great things or one of the surprising things was that no one had done it yet I guess um, that there was no beer history it's kind
0: of how we felt about this podcast yeah, yeah. like there weren't any other Colorado beer podcasts out there or at least not a lot of them. there's a so few we... of
1: them
2: but yeah especially not funny ones <laughs>
0: that's for sure so yeah i the fact that nobody had really done it before had to be like wow I, I guess i could be the person and you were qualified to do it
1: yeah i uh you know i've been my my dad also was a very much into history and he wrote a book actually about the history of um of medicine in colorado so it was kind of cool um uh, thanks, um to uh to also write a history book but um History was was has always been interesting to me, being a Denver native, uh, and having grown up here and uh, being born the same year that the last Denver brewery went out of business before the Wincoop opened, which was Tivoli Brewing in 1969. I just felt like I, you know, I had a lot of connections to to Denver beer and beer history. Um, And I wanted to tell the story of craft beer as well in sort of a historical format and put it into the same kind of context that that history history gets gets put into. So, I wanted to to talk about milestones. I wanted to talk about the big changes that happened over time, how they related, you know, why things that happened 70, 80, 90 years ago affect what happens today and kind of tie everything together. And you said you have
2: a degree in journalism? Yeah, I
1: have a I have a I have a master's in journalism.
2: See, that's Oh, a master's. Damn, you're smart. Yeah, yeah I'm I sure. just think it's incredible anybody Show off. <laughs> anybody that has a degree in journalism that figures out a way to use that in the real world is fucking a heroic to me. That's incredible because it's such a worthless thing for most people. <laughs> for most people. Says the psychology major.
0: Well, yeah, my <laughs> English actually.
1: Thank you. My undergrad is in anthropology, so it, it took me two times to. <laughs> it wasn't totally to get figured out. out. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. That's great, man. Yep. Well, that's really exciting, uh, especially. So the book's going to be available in stores around Colorado. I assume Amazon, things of that nature.
1: Yep, book will be book is, um, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, both you know online. Uh, it is also it sh- it should be at the tattered cover. Nice. I am uh, yeah. going to be doing five different. Uh, Book selling and signing events to start off with, um, in March and April.
2: Any of those at breweries or just bookstores?
1: Uh, no, they're all they're all at. Uh, so the first ones at Hops and Pie and then Cerebral, uh, uh, Strangecraft, which I did. I, I made a beer with them. We we actually picked a, a beer from uh, Charlie Papazian's, uh, the the complete joy of home brewing. Uh, classic. To uh, yeah, we kind of we kind of nice. gave it a, a strange brewing twist and and did that we upscaled it for his system and he's going to release that that's awesome um so we'll have that one and then uh, also dry dock um and then falling rock uh oh, so oh cool those oh, are yeah, great. man
0: what was so two questions uh what's your favorite beer from the denver area that just isn't available anymore and then i got a follow-up after that
1: Ooh. Favorite beer from Denver. If you've seen
0: everything from the start to the beginning for the most part and documenting it, like is there stuff that you're like, God damn, I wish that was still around.
1: Uh trying to think of beers that I that I really, really you know, one of the first breweries that I really got into as a um craft breweries was Left Hand and I know it's not Denver area, but sure. they I, I lived in Longmont for three years and I worked for the Longmont Daily Times call in nineteen ninety six through nineteen ninety nine and um Left Hand had just opened, I think, in '94, and I was just really into their their beers because they were all over the place up there, and they had some some funky ones. They had one called Made Marian Berry because everybody in the '90s had to make <laughs> a, a berry a berry beer, a fruit beer of some sort, and so I miss Made Marionberry Berry uh, a lot for some strange reason, um, and I, I miss some of the old Left Hand beers. They they've, they've overhauled their their lineup. They used to make a, a Christmas beer that tasted like every spice you could possibly Mm. pull out of your the classic uh, winter warmer, yeah, yes. and I mean, they just dump the spices in there, and I just love that beer. Um, I don't know, maybe it would taste different uh, to me today, but but uh, I do miss those beers.
2: I, I wasn't asked this question, but I'm gonna go ahead and answer it anyways. <laughs> uh, actually, Declaration used to have a like an horchata pale ale oh, that nice. I absolutely loved. It was one of my favorite beers ever, and I don't think they've been brewing it. Uh, they probably the last time they brewed it was probably the last time they paid their taxes, but uh, <laughs> it was very, very good, and I do miss that beer a lot. Um, so I talk shit about Declaration, but I do really enjoy their beer. Fair.
3: I think Four Noses had a beer um, which I don't think is on tap anymore. That was a uh, I'm actually a fan of Hoppy Loggers, um, which I think are kind of a new thing as well, and um, I don't see it on tap right now.
0: Yeah, just something that isn't around as much. Uh, Keith, what's the what are the dumbest things people say on your tours? Oh my gosh! Do you have any highlights? Just <laughs> any? Is there anything but beer on this tour? Uh, oh,
3: they go on
2: the tour and they're like, "Hey, do you want to be on our podcast?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think um, just in general, I think people are a little shocked by when I, I think I'm shocked when people are shocked by how hoppy beers uh, beers can be. Um, I think they're. I get a lot of folks from um, non-beer places uh, that are pretty used to traditional lager beers and pilsners that are a little florid when they get um you know something like a you know 8.5 abv do you have Uh, anything
0: that tastes like regular beer yeah just bush light right (laughs) yeah
3: anything that tastes like the uh the natural light that i'm used to
0: Well, people sign up for these tours, I'm sure, because they want to experience, like, the vibe of the city. Like, if the brewing community, especially in a concentrated area, speaks to, like, it gives life to that part of town, then people just want to be a part of that experience. But it always amazes me how many people will go to a craft beer-oriented bar or a brewery specifically and then just still be very primitive in what they choose and how they feel about all of it. They're like, I don't know. I only drink, but.
3: Right. I I had somebody on a tour one time who told me um, as soon as we, you know, I do each at each brewery, we do um, a couple of tasters. Um, If it's a, you know, if it's a couple, we'll try to do four different tasters. So there's a possibility of getting eight to 16 different types of beer. And I had one um, woman tell me one time that she doesn't really like beer. Nice. What I'm like, welcome huh. to the tour. Yeah. Well, how do I do this? Oops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she had maybe a sip. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I'm stranding all these soldiers when uh, <laughs> she has a sip of one each beer mm-hmm. and then there's like, nope, no thank you. And I leave with like four four beers full. Almost. You got to so pound that one when she turns yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. She'll just grab it. It, and <laughs> slam it Which we know you can do in about 10 seconds. Right, it's that 10. says. pretty uh, <laughs> good, good information. No, you
1: were, what, eight and a half seconds, right? Yeah. I'm i sort of bitter right. about that. I had <laughs> a... I
3: had a I mean, good beer pun? five and a half. It was only oh. five and a half. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we're getting ready to
2: wrap up. I think... Do you have anything else you want to do? I have one thing I want to do.
0: Well, here. Why don't you go with yours, and then I'll see if I have something that comes
2: Cool. To uh, so, Keith, you had mentioned up top that uh, you do beer trivia uh, on your on your tours. True. And it sounds like Jonathan will be able to answer these questions, but I doubt I can, and <laughs> Corey might be able to. Why don't you throw out like two or three of your trivia questions for us?
0: I feel like this is like win Ben Stein's money.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So most of my, I do, I do four rounds. I do four rounds of five questions each and um, we, we do it at four different breweries. I'll save um, all the easy questions and I'll give you guys the hard questions, which I do kind of at the end um, and we'll see how we go. I usually, here's what I do. Um, I do a, um, I, I read the question and then I give four different answers and you just pick which one you think is best. Okay. So there's three of you. So here's what we'll do. I'll just read them out and then you, you give me the answer you think is best and I'll tell you the answer. So slap you in the face to buzz in. Exactly. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, the last round, which I think is always the hardest round. Um, senosilicophobia is the fear of a drowning in beer. B, an empty beer glass. C, forgetting where you left your beer. Or D, I made this word up. C. I'm, I'm going to give him the D.
1: The fear of an empty beer glass.
3: Correct. Damn. Jonathan. Damn I knew Damn. he was going to be good at this. Damn. An empty beer glass. Only because I have it. I
1: have that <laughs> disorder, so that's why I knew it. It's All actually right. triggering that you brought it up. Right? <laughs> <But> yeah. Number. <laughs> have
3: to uh, leave yeah. Here we go. What's the ABV of the world's strongest beer? And I could be wrong about this because it might have changed. But this was as of uh, last year. E,
2: you're probably wrong <laughs> about this.
3: <laughs> A, sixteen point eight. B, twenty eight point three. C, forty eight point nine. Or D, six or sixty seven point
1: five. I'm gonna go B. B, twenty eight point three. Anybody else? Yeah, then you got one. I'm gonna say D, tentatively. I'm going to say D. What
3: okay. was D again? Uh, 67.5. I'm going to go D as well. Go with Jonathan's guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart man. Uh, any any guess who it is? I, I think you pro- you might know.
1: Yeah, it's those guys from uh, from Scotland. Exactly. The brood- yeah, it's the BrewDog guy. Yeah,
3: is, uh, is that the one that they put in a
0: squirrel? They, like, they made like a squirrel jacket yep. for some of the bottles. That was yeah. Bob Ross. <laughs> that,
1: yeah. <laughs> Classic uh, It, it might game. be that one. That was one of their highest, or it yeah. was the
3: highest when that one came out. That's right. insane. I got two more good ones. The Science of Beer Brewing is called... We'll decide if they're good or not. A, Brewontology. B, Zimology. C, Fermentological Science. Or D, it's actually a hobby, not a science. <laughs> I'll go B. Wow.
1: Well, you tricked me with the... You're tricking me. You're, are you you're trying to trick me?
3: No, I, there's no trick questions, I, I always say. I'll All say right. C. Okay. I'm going to go with B Science of beer brewing is called A. Brewontology, B. Zimology C. Fermentological science or D. It's actually not a, a, a hobby not a science I'm going to say B B is yep. correct yep. Zimology Jonathan and I are pretty smart yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I'm an idiot We're the, smart, we're the smartest ones <laughs> I'm very yeah, dumb say at the table. And here's the, here's the last question which I think you know uh, with Jonathan might be um, debatable uh, I will say, but this True is what I false. say. Keith is a fun guy. This is what I say. Yeah, <laughs> false, false. According to my wife, uh, <laughs> America's <laughs> America's oldest brewery is A. Pabst Brewing, B. Anheuser Busch, C. Yingling, or D. Coors.
1: <sighs> um, damn! I'm gonna say,
3: I'm gonna say Yingling.
0: Yingling. Even though Yingling sucks, it's Yingling.
3: It says it on the bottle. Yingling. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad.
0: Well done. I, I feel like really Jonathan good. would get
2: every.
3: Christian I
0: just right? copied
2: well Jonathan done. on that last <laughs> one.
0: Sad.
3: I wanted well to.
2: I wanted to say, who's got the most blue ribbons in <laughs> BBR?
0: Now, one thing that I like to always talk to people about before we get out of here, um, we've got more beer in this one if you want more, uh, even uh-huh. though it's like 8%, so you just have a splash <laughs> of it. So there's always something that pushes people towards the beer industry. Um, you're a little different, Keith, because you're a lawyer still, but is there a job that you fucking hated uh, before you started getting more involved with the beer business? Or just like, what's your worst job? That you've ever had. Wait, do, being a lawyer doesn't count? It does. You <laughs> <can> talk to <laughs> I feel like about it totally that. counts. You can tell your clients how you really feel right now. So.
1: Uh, you know, I, there was nothing, there was no terrible job that pushed me toward beer since I didn't have a job when I first started making beer. Um, well, I guess I did. I was working at a place called um, the Gourmet Alternative down in the Cherry Creek neighborhood. <laughs> oh, <God. of> <laughs> what a name! And, um, <laughs> we had to wear berets. Uh, because it was very french themed and I, me and my friend mark would never wear our berets because just bullshit like that we're not going to that name it's so, so bad things. it's so bad
0: like you want gourmet kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a gourmet alternative you could have
2: gourmet or you could eat out of a dumpster <laughs> it's
0: alternative baby.
1: yeah it was it was rough but then mark got promoted to assistant manager and he wore his beret every day and he made me wear my beret, and I was—we were like buddies. And <laughs> what was a like, sellout! I was like, yeah, it was his total sellout, and he sold out, and he would get mad at me when I didn't wear my beret. It was bullshit. So maybe that's what pushed me toward beer. I What's have his no name? Idea. His name's Mark. He's Fuck in there. Mark! No, he's a nice guy. Mark. Well, you're not saying it, yeah, but I am. You know, I was mad. I was. So and his beret. That's
2: so, why you haven't taken your beret off this entire podcast. <laughs> it's it's a company
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, how about you? I mean, like I said, you're a lawyer now. Everybody hates it, right? But is there something that you just like? Man, this was the worst job.
3: Well, I just think that um, you know, doing this for um, eight, eight to ten years. Uh, you know, being a lawyer, working on a computer all the time, I always joke that uh, with people that are doing the tours that I always get to hang out with people that are on vacation, uh, which is always a great thing. and um, uh, there wasn't a thing that sent me into doing this other than I, I felt like uh, getting a drink beer and hang out with uh, people that are having a good time all the time is uh, not not too bad. yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, I would I would call that the real life alternative, <laughs>
3: <laughs> the gourmet alternative. Right? <laughs> yeah. If
0: we're gonna be specific. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anything you guys want to plug before we get out of here?
3: I I plug Jonathan's book. It sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> really All right. exciting stuff. Yeah.
0: And you got your great tours that people. Where can people right. find uh, the tours for the Rhino District?
3: Uh, epicdaystravel.com, or you can just find it on Airbnb under Denver Experiences. I have something I want to plug. What's up?
2: Uh, Starting April 2nd, 2020, we have a ninth brewery join the Rotating Tap Live shows. That's true. Uh, Green Mountain Beer Company will be joining us Thursday, April 2nd, so keep a lookout for that. Uh, Yeah,
0: find all of our shows on our Instagram, Rotating Tap Comedy, or our Facebook page. We post all the stuff on there, so you can catch great brewery shows around Denver and the Colorado area uh, every month.
2: We have a Twitter that I quit do posting because Twitter sucks. Yeah, Twitter plus. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we appreciate it. You guys rule. Uh, Corey sucks. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing <laughs> the podcast.
3: Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, again. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs>